Green and White Noise is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. You know, ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. You know, MSU has its last football game coming up this weekend. It's Maryland. Basketball is underway. The Duke game is coming up, and Game Time is the place you want to go to get those tickets, to get in the door at the lowest price possible and the best seats possible. And it's not just sports. It's also music, theater tickets. Uh, you know, I like basketball. We all like basketball. But I love Taylor Swift. And Game Time is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to shows from artists like T-Swift. It's just an easy two-tap checkout and you're done. You know what else I wish I could do in two taps? Clean my house, especially with all the dogs around, all the dog hair that needs to be picked up all the time. Maybe I need a Roomba or something. I don't know. But if it was two taps and the house was clean, that would be wonderful. And that's what you get with Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So download the Game Time app in the Google Play or the App Store. Score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Oh, they'll fake it. Bates throws it. He's got him. Yeah, wide open. He's got Charlie Gant inside the 10. He can walk in. Spartans win. Touchdown, MSU. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Green and White Noise. My name is Chris Vanini. I'm joined by Colton Pouncey. We are your hosts. It's time to talk Michigan State football, Cody White, and what I'm being told is a win. <laughs> yes, it's been eight weeks, 56 days since MSU won a football game, but it finally happened. It and our And our Colton Pouncey was there. Colton, how was the trip to New Jersey? Yeah, so, uh, you know, other than the game itself, I didn't spend too much time in Jersey. Uh, I kind of made a trip out of it, you know. I flew into Newark on Friday, dropped my stuff at a hotel close to Rutgers, uh, grabbed a ride into New York with my friend Alex Schiffer, who covers the Brooklyn Nets for The Athletic. Um, made my way over to Manhattan to visit The Athletic's New York office, which was pretty cool. Uh, then I went back over to Brooklyn, caught the Nets game Friday night, um, got some drinks with Alex after the game and then made our way back to my hotel. And then, you know, on Saturday, I obviously got to see the birthplace of college football. So, uh, it was a good weekend. Yes. Great weekend. Yes. Good choices all around. Shout out to New Jersey, the homeland of our producer, Mike Zimmerman. Yes, sir. And our, co- and our colleague, uh, Nicole Auerbach. <laughs> um, a heads up for listeners. This is going to double as the Maryland preview podcast because, of Thanksgiving, obviously, but we do have a special podcast coming out later this week, early this week. Um, Joe Rexro joins us again to talk about the all-decade Michigan State team, best players, best moments. Uh, Joe joined Colton and I, and we, we had a good time talking about the best moments in the decade. It had been a lot of losing, so it was nice to talk about some better moments from 
Michigan State football over the decade. But we actually do have a win to talk about, again, for the first time in a long time. MSU beats Rutgers 27 to nothing, a game that was never really all that close, never really in doubt. Brian Lewerke played well. The defense played well. Um, Colton, obviously you're there. What? Uh, it's been quite a while since you covered a victory. What were your initial thoughts coming out of this one? Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Um, so I I think going into this game, there are a couple things you wanted to see if you're Michigan State. Um, you know, obviously you expect to win that game against Rutgers. So I think you could look for other objectives to uh, to accomplish in that game. And I think one of them was you want to see the stars perform well. Uh, it's you know they haven't been playing. That great during the stretch, but uh, I think you want to see them have a good game and kind of take their frustrations out on Rutgers if you're an MCU fan. And then another thing was you want to see some backups get in this and get some meaningful reps. Um, so I'd say we saw about half of that. And yeah, so 27 points, not great. I think this is the fewest points that Rutgers allowed to a Power 5 opponent this year. No, oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Um, they came in allowing 43 points per game in Big Ten play. MSU left for 27. Uh, some some missed scoring opportunities that you should absolutely convert against a team like Rutgers. Um, you know, they left some points on the field out there. Defense w- was great. You know, a shutout. I think this was MSU's first shutout on the road since 1999. Um, so those guys came to play. Um, didn't get to see, you know, the backup quarterbacks in. I think Rocky Lombardi took the last possession, but they were just running out the clock at that point. So mm-hmm. I think ideally you, you want to build a big enough lead to let some of those guys get some some action. But it didn't happen. Uh, I guess there's a chance for that next week. But overall, you know, it's a win. <laughs> like We haven't seen a win since September 28th. So I think that was the most important thing here. Yeah, my initial thought is, man, Rutgers really is bad. Like even worse than, <laughs> yeah. than last year bad. They had zero first downs in the first half um it, it it was a game that in some ways should have been a bigger blowout i mean you look at msu doinking a field goal and missing two fourth and shorts in in ruckers territory that, that really could have really blown the game open but in some ways it also could have been a bit closer because you know cody white made some really tough catches on some third downs that led to touchdowns, and if he doesn't make those, then maybe MSU's in a bit of a dogfight. So, you know, you take what could have been good, what could have been bad, and I guess you end up with 27 to nothing. And, um, yeah, it was a game where, you know, uh, maybe when it was 10 nothing, getting late in the first half, he started to wonder if uh, if it was going to be another one of those games, but they go on a, a two-minute drive to score a touchdown, go up 17 nothing, and then it was pretty much over from there because Rutgers could not do anything all day. Brian Lewerke, his best game in a long, long time. 21 for 30 passing, 239 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. I think he was sacked twice. Elijah Collins, 109 yards on 31 carries, three and a half per carry. Not great, but I don't know how much to put on him and how much to put on the line. And then Cody White was the star of the game. 11 catches, 136 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Colton, what was it like uh, just talking to the coaches and the players afterward and um, guys who were able to celebrate a win for the first time in a while. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's funny. Mark D'Antonio dropped uh, Rutgers as an improved football team line like he did last year. He dropped that again after this game. <laughs> I don't know how much you can actually say that, but he was trying to give them some credit, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think for the mood after the game, sometimes you got to look at it from a player's perspective. 
Um, you know, these guys hadn't won a game since September. They know their season is sort of falling apart. It's not what they wanted. It's not what anyone wanted. Um, but I, I think they sort of understand that and they kind of accept it at this point. So you could tell this game was sort of a sigh of relief for the players to just sort of get back into a rhythm and remember what it feels like to celebrate after a win. So I think they're taking it all in stride and they're, they're focused on making it to a bowl game for sure. Um, but they were happy about this win. And I know the fan base, you know, they wouldn't, they would have wanted to see more of a blowout, more points put up on, on the board, but the players were happy. And I think they'll take this win. So let, let's talk about the offense first. Um, I thought the play calling was pretty good again, other than two calls that we will get to later in the episode. But, um, you know, we saw the best of Cody White in this game. This is the Cody White we saw at times last year before he got hurt against Iowa. You know, he's had some drops issues. Sure, he's had some route running, hasn't been crisp. But when he's on, he is really, really good. And mm-hmm. and that's what we saw in this game, just an incredible amount of tough catches. He's got really good hands. Um, and, and, yeah, playing Rutgers and not, you know, really good all Big Ten quarterbacks from Michigan is is a difference, but uh, it still counts for something. I mean, the offense was able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, Elijah Collins, I thought he played well, given I don't think the run blocking was very good. He made a lot of people miss on a lot of runs, and they, they really made him the workhorse. I mean, 31 carries, uh, they, they really wanted to establish that, and I think, I think it um, – paid off you obviously want to rush for more against Rutgers but when he when he was able to make one or two guys miss he did break out some good chunk runs I think as long as it was 23 yards or something like that um and 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 lastly on offense I thought Jalen Naylor yeah. was a noticeable addition he hadn't played since I think the first game and you can just see out there the speed he has is different than a lot of guys on the offense yeah um and so I think there were some really good solid uh, individual performances in this one. You you, you got to start with Cody White and just the day he had. My thing with Cody White is he's a talented receiver. I think sometimes maybe he gets in his own head out there, but um, you know, when he's making catches with his hands and out his body and he's, he's physical and he's aggressive and he, that, that gets him going and you can kind of tell that he kind of mm-hmm. the team feeds off that energy when he's right. Um, so I thought that was good to see from him. Elijah Collins. Yeah. He's over a hundred yards again in this game. That's the third time this season. I think that's, the most 100-yard games by a freshman running back since Javon Ringer in 2005. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that that was a note after the game. And he's 149 yards away from 1,000 yards, so he'd be the first 1,000-yard back since uh, Jeremy Langford in 2014. Yeah, And then you mentioned, yeah, Jalen Naylor. I thought, even though it didn't really show up in the, in the box score, I think he only had five catches, which actually was a career high for him. <laughs> but uh, it didn't really show up in the box score. But I just think there were times in that game where you could just see the speed and what a difference maker he is. And I think there's still work. It also, it also meant, yeah, it also meant the return of the jet sweep. But oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, he, he's a guy you can do it with. I think. Yeah. And so I think there was a play where he just straight up burned some guy had like three steps on him. And I think it was defensive holding or some sort of pass interference. Um, but he was wide open, and I think that's like that vertical stretch, the, the ability to take the top off of defense, like that's been lacking since he's been out of the lineup. So mm-hmm. he is a game changer in that sense, even if the numbers don't really show it. And then Brian Lewerke, you know, he's had a rough go at it of late. Um, he's trying to make the most of his, his final games here, and I think, you know, the fan base uh, is kind of split on him. But I, I thought he had a really good game. He completed 18 of his first 
21 passes, uh, three touchdowns, looked really solid out there. And you could see the connection with Cody White today So from Saturday. So uh, I thought Lewerke really bounced back, and I think that was a game he needed. Yeah, he was – he got the ball in the right – to the right people. I mean, he was still a little bit off on, on some of the throws and the receivers had to adjust, but it, it was good decision-making yeah. generally, which is not always the case. So that was one of his better games. And um, he was confident enough to pop off on someone who tweeted at him. Yeah. Stop tweeting at uh, players, guys. <laughs> don't tweet at ne- players. Never tweet on. at players. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, defense. Um, that was That was an old – style Michigan State defense we've seen in the last few years. Um, and I thought the biggest it, biggest takeaway from the defense was that they, they overcame the bad momentum plays. Like, you know, I, we've talked about how the CMC team is a bit fragile, and when things go wrong, they start to uh, snowball the wrong way. Well, MSU gets stuffed on fourth down twice. Both of them are immediately uh, – they're three and outs by the Rutgers – offense uh there's an interception that the work he throws that's followed by four plays and a punt the the defense didn't crack they didn't uh, if the door started to crack open they didn't uh they slammed it back shut not as much maybe four-man pass rush as you'd like to see with that group but you know and it is Rutgers but that you know a shutout's a shutout yeah I mean the defense was dominant and it had been a while since we've seen those guys get after it like that um you know, MSU didn't allow a single first down in the first half. Um, only 140 total yards given up throughout the game. Uh, defense forced six three and outs and two turnovers on Rutgers' 12 total drives. So it was pretty dominant. Um, and obviously it's Rutgers. I think you have to preface it with that. But that was Michigan State's first road shutout since 1999. They really wanted that. They didn't want to give up a single point. I think the players kind of sensed that. They were getting after it late. And um, they were still energized throughout the whole the whole game from start to finish. So, you know, after the last really since that Indiana game, you know, they gave up 31, then uh, 34 to Ohio state, 38 to Wisconsin, 28 to Penn state, (laughs) like 37 to Illinois and then 44 to Michigan. I think after that stretch, it was just nice to have a a shutout and just a defensive performance like this one. And I think, well, also, you know, Rutgers did have a field goal that got called back. Yeah. And then they ended up punting. But a shout-out to shout-out. Um, and we only got, maybe because it's a win and people weren't mad, or maybe because it's Rutgers, but we only got one voicemail. <laughs> funny, how that, um, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll just play the whole thing. It's uh, about a minute long. Eric from Lansing, we appreciate the voicemail, and here's what he left. Hey, guys. This is Eric from Lansing. Um, yeah, so I think MSU is better than Rutgers, but it's not by a lot. Um, I know the score is 27 to nothing. I think that what's alarming is that there are pieces that are crucial to the success of a football team, and MSU is not that far ahead of Rutgers in them. Uh, certainly, I think the defense is obviously good enough to keep a team like Rutgers down, but the offensive line push was really distressing. Um, the fourth down calls, not getting those, and you only needed one yard. I'm not exactly sure if it was a strategy scheme issue with running out of the shotgun or just not having the hog mollies up front to push Rutgers back. 
Um, but that's very concerning. Uh, I don't know why they didn't go for the QBC. Maybe it was a little bit of hubris. You figure it's Rutgers. You can run out of the shotgun and get a yard easily. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that um, Collins, Barnett, um, you know, certain guys today showed that there maybe is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for this team, but it's going to be a long season next year and next week even against Maryland is no guarantee. So great job on the show. Uh, look forward to the episode next week. Thanks. Bye. So I think MSU is a good bit ahead of Rutgers, especially if you compare it to last year's game. I mean, just a pure talent level. That That's kind of what got him over the hump. But he makes some points there about the offensive line. I know they rotated several guys at left tackle, even on multiple drives or, or on a single drive. Yeah. Um, what did you, what did you make of the whole offensive line situation? So it's it's tough, and I think some of the other beat writers, myself, I mean myself included, I was tweeting about it, but we were just kind of confused by the shuffling at left tackle because Devonte Dobbs, you know, a top fifty prospect in last year's recruiting class, and a guy that you want to build around. Um, D'Antonio said last week that he needed to get more playing time, so Dobbs got to start left tackle um, pretty early on. He was kind of subbed out in favor of Mustafa Khalifa, who we have not really seen a ton of this this year. Um, and I think he was out for a couple of drives, and we were just like, so is he hurt or something? And he's just kind of standing on the sidelines, you know, helmet in hand, just kind of minding his own business. He did not look hurt at all. He was not being attended to in any way. So we're like, okay, what's going on here? Why, why are you sitting your top 50 prospect that you need to build around? Um, and then at some point, you know, Dobbs got back in there. Then he was pulled back out. Um, AJR Curry got back in there. So we saw three different left tackles during this game. And D'Antonio kind of clarified things a little bit after the game. He said uh, Curry was kind of hurt in practice or was they didn't want to play him the entire game. Um, so that's why he didn't get the start. And then he said, basically said Dobbs was not playing well and would need to play well in order to get continued playing time, which I understand. At the same time, like, you know, you're not, there's not much to play for. You're playing for bowl eligibility, but I mean, I think you can get away with that against a team like Rutgers, right? Like, <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta, I don't know, maybe. You gotta get, you gotta let a guy like Dobbs figure it out out there, even if he's getting bullied and pushed back. I mean, he's, he, it might toughen him up. It might make him realize, hey, this is college football. I gotta adjust. Um, so I don't know if the abrupt pulling does, does much for him, but maybe, uh, D'Antonio was trying to look out for him. Maybe he, just thought trying to signal something to him saying, Hey, you got to play better if you want to see the field. So I'm not really sure what the, the thought process was there, but yeah, it was a weird kind of rotation at left tackle. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwaved leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash restaurant quality food with a living room dress code, especially now that it's cold out. You guys don't want to be making that trek yourself. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city Colton, what are your favorite uh, fast food places to hit when you're craving some food? You know, I think we've all been there. You know, you're kind of in a zone at work if you work from home like like me or, you know, maybe you're just too lazy to get up. And, you know, when that happens to me, one of my favorite spots to go to is uh, El Oasis. And uh, yes, I've, used, I've used DoorDash a number of times, uh, maybe too many times, but I've used it a lot. Whenever I uh, was in the mood to leave my house, like like a normal person. So if you're like me, uh, definitely got to go to DoorDash. Yes, and, and ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, 
choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. It's got door-to-door -door delivery in all 50 states in Canada. Order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory. I personally, here in Texas, I use it to get some Whataburger uh, or Panchero's because there's one that opened up. I think we said this in the podcast a, a few weeks back, but there, a Panchero's opened up nearby, and I am loving it. I really miss that place in East Lansing, and it's not even there anymore. But if you have a Panchero's or something else by you where you want to get some food, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code GREEN. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code GREEN. Use the code GREEN and save some green. That's promo code GREEN for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, offensive line development remains uh, an issue, I guess. Um, so let's go Let's go to our uh, weekly awards here. The Le'Veon Bell, how did he do that moment of the game? I'm going to go with a play that didn't count, and that's Cody White's non-catch that he made one. It's so hard to explain it. He made it one-handed, but it was like the near shoulder. I'd never really seen a catch like that, and I don't know how they overturned that to to say it was no catch. I thought at the very most it was you weren't sure, and the rule on the field was catch. So mm -hmm. even though it didn't count, I thought it was close enough. It was a heck of a job to make a catch I've – you don't really see that kind of catch. It's just like naturally with the way your body turns and the way you see catches, it's not usually how it happens. But he had a guy up on him, and he makes a one-handed near-shoulder catch. Just an incredible play that didn't count, but I still thought it should have. Yep. Um, I'll go with another Cody White catch, I guess, an actual catch. Um, I think this was his third touchdown of the day, um, which whatever the one-handed catch was. And that was, yeah. it was not a great throw by Lewerke. It was behind him, but... Cody White, again, I think when he chooses to, to actively catch with his hands, because he makes a lot of body catches, and, you know, I, I think he has good hands, but sometimes he just doesn't <laughs> he always use them. Um, but he adjusted to that one, uh, like, used his left hand, I believe, like, outstretched, and then kind of hauled it back in for the touchdown and kind of got into the end zone. So that was a really great catch. That was, like, the highlight of the game. Um, so I will go with that one. And D'Antonio said – did he say afterward that he thinks Daryl Stewart will be available for Maryland? He said he'll be back this season. I don't know if that means a potential bull or for Maryland. I assume if, if you're Stewart, senior day and everything, you try to be back out there next week. So I, it doesn't sound like he's done. I guess we'll see. But I mean, this is it's going to be th this was a a tease of what it's going to be next year. Yep. Cody White's the top guy. Um, Jalen Naylor, Barnett. These are the guys who are going to be leading the receiving core. I don't think Cody White's in a position where he would leave early for the NFL. He doesn't need to. His dad was a former NFL evaluator. It's a really, really, really good wide receiver class anyway. So anything's possible, but I, I you know, I, think I have to imagine Cody White would be back next year to be the top uh, receiver. Uh, the John L. Smith screwing it up moment of the game. I'm going to go with the two fourth down stuffs. And again, we say this all the time, QB sneak is undefeated. I swear they're hitting at it better than a 60% clip. Now, maybe maybe it's like Eric said, maybe it's hubris and you want to say, hey, if we can't push Rutgers off for one yard, 
we've got a problem. Uh, well, they've got a problem then, because they couldn't do it twice. And the second time was out of the pistol, which we don't see MSU in very often, um, formation-wise. Uh, but yeah, stuffed both times. Especially the second time, I would have just gone with the QB sneak, but, you know, ended up not costing them again because the defense held them to two three and outs. But, uh, yeah, not being able to pick up fourth and one or inches against Rutgers twice is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I still think we got to make some T-shirts with uh, that phrase, the QB sneak is undefeated. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it would do great. I think we'd sell a lot. Yeah, we need – yeah, another reason uh, we need a merch – Merch store. Yes, absolutely. Um, so for mine, I'll go with – so Xavier Henderson had an interception returned, I think, 32 yards to the Rutgers 15. He kind of tripped on his own or, you know, stumbled. Yeah, I don't know what happened. He ran in – He I forgot who he ran into, but it was uh, one of the MSU players basically pumped into him from behind and knocked him down. I, that might have been Josiah Scott. So I, I guess if you're Scott – you. You got to get out of his way and kind of look for someone to block. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's just kind of how the season's gone for MSU. But, you know, he made it to the 15, uh, had the offense in great field position. And what happened next on four consecutive plays an incomplete pass, a two yard rush, a, a negative two yard sack. So puts you back on its fourth and 10 now, right back where you started. Uh, Matt Coughlin, the field goal unit, takes the field. He misses a 33-yard field goal. Clanged it right off the dead center of the post. Clanged it, yeah. And I just tweeted, hey, you know, Coglin's hit his last four. He's <laughs> he was looking okay. So I will I might take the blame for that. I, I jinxed him. but um, he, he did go two for three in the game. But, yeah, that was like a 33-yarder, a real short one. Yeah. Uh, he made a 46-yarder, like the, the field goal before that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, you know, four plays like that when you're at the 15-yard line against Rutgers, that's just – Kind of the season in a nutshell, I guess. Um, so Yeah, just finishing drives. Yeah. Finishing, just straight up finishing games like Illinois. Uh, it's just, it's been a problem all year and was a problem on a number of drives. But uh, when you play Rutgers, you can get away with it. Yeah. The Mike Sadler punt of the game. Jake Hardberger only had two punts. And I, we got to go with the 43-yarder from the MSU 15 to the Rutgers 42 with no returns because Dominique Long remains... An unbelievable gunner. All-American gunner. <laughs> he really is. Just really, every time he's there making plays on, on special teams. Shout out to Dominic Long. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Rutgers that we haven't yet? Um, no, I think that's all the time we need to spend on Rutgers. I, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I think that works. So, now we, so, so now MSU has Maryland. MSU obviously needs to win the game to get to a bowl game. Um... Maryland has looked just as bad as Rutgers outside of the first two games of the season. Maryland beat Rutgers 48-7. to but So Maryland started the year 2-0. They scored 142 points in those two games, and they were ranked. They are 1-8 since. They've scored 145 points in the nine games since. So they've scored three more points in the last nine games than they did in the first two. They most recently lost... Most recently lost 54-7 to Nebraska. They have four 40-point losses in this 1-8 stretch. Um, off, it's, it's, it, they've really just fallen apart. Torpedoed, yeah. Incred- incredibly. Um, they're, they're more of a r- better running team than a passing team. They're 114th in yards per attempt. 
quarterback Josh Jackson's completing less than 50% of his passes. Um, 45th in yards per carry, which is a little more respectable. Running backs Anthony McFarland is at 4.5 per carry. Javon Leak is at 7.8 per carry, and he has seven rushes of 30-plus yards, which is top 10 in the country. So he's a bit of a big play threat. And then defensively is where things have really fallen off more than anywhere else. So 120th in the country in scoring D on the year, but in Big Ten play they're allowing 44.6 points per game, second worst in the country in conference games for a team. Bottom line is this is this is – this team is better than Rutgers, but it's an, it's another game that MSU should just win. Like, there's not going to be an excuse to, to lose this game. There's not going to be some magical scheme or something that should surprise them. Um, it's just simply an, a game that MSU should win for obvious reasons. They're just they're just a better team. Maryland is a, is in a complete downward spiral, and they're almost at the end of this year. They have nothing to play for. They're not going to a bowl game. Um, what do you see, Colton, as keys to this game that you're going to be looking for? Well, before that, can we, can we just talk about this? Like, why was Maryland ever ranked this season? You know, they were they were too impressive. I mean, it was Howard and Syracuse. It's because Howard. we thought Syracuse was good. They destroyed Syracuse, beat them by 50 or something like that. Yeah. And Syracuse was ranked at the time because they were ranked in the preseason. We thought Syracuse would be pretty good. Sure. Turns out Syracuse is not good. The 4-7. and seven But, now. yes. But it's also, you know... Even still, to, to lose 54-7 to Nebraska is insane. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's easy to look back now, but I don't know. Like, they beat up Howard in week one. <laughs> Sarah, like, when did Syracuse become, like, the validating win for a program, like, in week two of the season? You know, I just – I know they were good last year, and, and I guess they had the reputation. They were ranked at the time, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I just, they, averaged, they averaged 71 points per game in the first two games. Yeah. Maybe they're running, running up the score. Because that was sustainable. <laughs> It, 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 it really was whatever they scored against Syracuse that uh, 60 some points, I think 63 maybe it might have been. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was eye-opening at the time. It was. I, but, I just never... You know, they, they, they've had some injuries too, like Maryland always does, but still, it's it's been an incredible downturn. <laughs> I just never bought the hype, but whatever. I'll move on. <laughs> well, you were right. You were right then. Um, so, he's the game. I mean, like, Everything you just laid out it sounds like I know I know it's been an abrupt season for Michigan State and like we shouldn't just assume that they're gonna blow out or, or blow out any team at this point, I guess. But I don't know. I think if they show up and do what they're supposed to do, they'll they'll win this game. Um, you know, Maryland's defense is 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 pretty weak. They're 112th against the pass and 89th against the run. Um, they allow 451 yards per game. You mentioned it, like 44 points per game in Big Ten play. So this should be a win. Um, maybe this is a game where you can get some backups in, like maybe Theo Day or Peyton Thorne, Rocky, one of those quarterbacks, some extended time, um, and then you move on, get a, get a bowl, get to six and six, and wait and see what game you go to. So I, I think Michigan State should win this one pretty easy, but I guess uh, we'll have to wait till next week. I mean, I, I'm you know I picked the Rutgers game to be a one score game, it obviously wasn't the case, but. Uh, for, for me, it's kind of the same keys I had for Rutgers, which is, one, ex- explosive plays or, or momentum changes. Um, if something goes wrong, if something go, are they going to be able to bounce back? They did against Rutgers, like I said. They, they get stuffed on fourth down. They force three and outs. They miss a field goal. 
Uh, they they throw an interception. It it doesn't lead to anything. That that's that that was the key to this game. That's going to be the key to this game. If if Maryland breaks off a big run uh, to pass midfield, can MSU stop the drive before it gets in the end zone? Um, can they string together a couple of big plays offensively to to put together a scoring drive? Uh, what happens when there's a turnover and, and how do they respond to it? That's what I'm going to be looking for because if MSU comes out of this game slowly, you're going to hear you're going to hear the the grumblings from the crowd, the home crowd. So so that's what it comes down to to me is uh, if they can handle that and if the crowd gets a little restless, how's it, how's it going to go? Because things seem to snowball on them, especially at home, and I'm curious how that'll play compared to how it did in front of basically an empty stadium. At Rutgers, so let's make a pick. I say twenty to ten. MSU wins. Think it'll be ugly. Think it'll be closer than you want. Uh, but if it's a win, if it's the sixth win, it's a bowl game. You take it. Colton, what do you think? Um, I'll say thirty-one ten Michigan State. Uh, I'm just not sold on Maryland at all. Keeping this close. Um, so yeah, I think I think they get to six wins. I think they get a bowl, and maybe maybe they end up in Detroit for the Quick Lane Bowl. So I guess we'll see. And if if MSU loses this game, I can't imagine what the reaction definitely is going to be. If they, if they do win, you know, D'Antonio gets to that sixth win, gets that bowl game. You know, we'll see if he still is determined to coming back. Who knows? Uh, we will see. But um, so it's Thanksgiving week. Colton, is there anything readers need to check out from you that's uh, coming up? Yeah, I think one thing we're going to work on, I think some of our beat writers are, are working on, is what we're thankful for on the beat um, and, and just how we cover our team. So I think that'll be kind of interesting and kind of a look that you don't really see. So I think I'll have that maybe Thursday or maybe Friday. I think it'll be later this week for sure. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Are you willing to tease any of it? No, not yet. I haven't actually sat down and written it yet. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. I just, okay, I hope, hope they're not. I hope the editors aren't listening. Yeah. You, we also have the, the uh, I mean, you have, we have the all decade stuff coming out this week. Yes. I think Tuesday, I think Tuesday uh, Colton will have his all decade team, best moments, stuff like that. And then we also have the podcast. Joe Rexro joins us to talk about, uh, talk about that all decade stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, other than that, everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. Colton, are you, uh, uh, what, what's your, usually your, your go-to food on Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm a big mac and cheese guy. My, that's a good call. My aunt makes the, probably the unhealthiest macaroni and cheese you'll ever have in your life, <laughs> but it is so damn good. I'm looking, I look forward to it every year. My mouth's watering right now. Are you getting back for that and coming back or what? Yeah, I'm going to go to Chicago for maybe a couple of days and we'll we'll see what the schedule looks like, but yeah, I'll be back probably Friday at some point for the game. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh keep an eye out for the all decade stuff this week and uh watch the game on Saturday. We'll see what happens. So, that'll do it here. Please rate, review, subscribe, give us any feedback. We will throw up the voicemail line again at the end of the Maryland game uh, if uh, you guys want to call in. We always appreciate that. Thanks again for all the feedback. So for Colton Pouncey, I'm Chris Vanini. Thanks to our producer, Mike Zimmerman. Shout out to the Road Dog, Jesse James, and we will see you on the other side. <laughs>